Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everyone to episode three you excited matt <laughs> i am so i'm gonna have a little brief recap on last episode we talked about some early days of like the when the kids were you know taking them out of the hospital that first drive home i still want to go over some of those topics don't you yeah sure i do matt matt first and foremost i want to talk about gifts yeah so for like for example women get two sets of gifts they get the baby shower gifts and we're we talking about baby showers here no no we're talking about afterwards all oh, right okay so when you know, you've got the baby at home, you get those flooding, flooding of texts, you get those hundreds of Facebook likes, just because I'm pretty popular. <laughs> oh, can we come around, can we come around and see the baby? You're like, yeah, come around and see the baby. But they just want to come round to hold my child. Think about that. They want to come round. If someone rung you up now, yeah, mind you, your daughter's two, and went, Matt, can we come round next, wait till you're ready, can we come round on Tuesday? Just, you know, I'd love to see Autumn. Like, that'd be nice. But they, but then they come round, and then they just hold her. Yeah, yeah, I find it a bit weird, actually, mate. I, I, I understand that this is more of a, something that happens with the women. They like to hold the baby, and it's cute, and everything else like that. But it's when they all get together and start passing it around like it's a joint. It's just... <laughs> it's like game of pass the parcel. Yeah, it's like pass the parcel with a baby, and... and that you know, you you're looking at your daughter and you're thinking, I just want to hold you. I, 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 exactly. There's a bit of jealousy goes on because y- 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 it's brand new. And every every people every person that comes around says the same things. Oh, it's making me broody. Oh, it's making me broody. Oh my god, it looks like you. It doesn't bro- it? Looks like a potato. <laughs> it looks. Like, no, think that's that's the thing, it's, mate. It's not a good looker, is it? No, that's the that's the issue. Is I love my daughter and I think she's beautiful and I thought she was beautiful from the second I saw her. But when people lie, and it is a lie, when people turn around, when they're newborn and they go, oh, it doesn't have your eyes, doesn't doesn't she look like you, doesn't she do... It's bollocks, mate. Every, every baby looks like a potato. They all look exactly the same. They all have the same sort of thing when they're newly born. All their heads are squished. Yeah. Uh, they don't look comfortable, do they? Right now. They don't want to be held and moved around like a... Like a bloody joint at a party, do they? Nah, my, my my daughter now is two, and now she looks. You know, she's got features of me. She's got features of my partner. She's got my partner's eyes. She's, she's a gorgeous young girl, by the way. Oh god, she's a beaut. And and same with your your sons. They're, they're handsome little lads, but they're completely different, actually, aren't they? And that's like you say, they look nothing like me. That's why they're handsome. <laughs> well, but, but, but do, you not, do you find it weird though? Like, for example, like with my uh, my wife. Like, 
her friends would come round and they'd always bring their partner and the guy, like, the woman would hold it first, like, you know, my wife's friend would hold it. Oh, isn't he lovely? And then the guy, who, like, their partner, is stood there. He has to hold the baby. Yeah. And it's an uncomfortable hold. He doesn't want to hold it. We don't want to hold it, listeners. If, if you're ever in that com- you can say, nah, you're right. I've been to a baby shower. I'm not going to say which baby you shower it was. You've been to a baby shower? Well, not a baby shower. What's the word? Uh, no, actually, I've, I've made that up because I wanted to protect people's identity. It wasn't, um, let's just say it was an engagement party. And there was, <laughs> and there, was an, um, there was a guy there, and I was with my partner, and this guy turned around, and I'm not, there's nothing against it, there's nothing wrong with it, but this guy turned around and said, oh, my God, she's beautiful. Can I hold her? Now, I find that, and this is probably my issue, but I find that a bit, like when a lad wants to, when they're gagging to hold a baby, yes. it's not strange. They, 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 every, oh God, I sound terribly, but... I think, that you're like, yeah, you're right. I know where you're going with this. I, I, get, I get girls love to hold babies and they have that maternal instinct and they want to hold them, but when a guy does it, it's sort of a little bit like... It's a bit odd. Why? Isn't it? Why do you, why do you want you to hold go- my child? To be fair, like when I first saw Autumn, knowing that she was my goddaughter, I couldn't wait to hold her. But there's a slight group, isn't there? Oh, there's difference. But when I've, it's close, I've gone round to like people's houses and you know, oh, we're going to go see such and such baby. Oh, that's all right. Like, just see it. I'm talking about people who you've never met before in your entire life. What randomers? Just oh, absolute randomers, right. and they go, "Oh, can I hold your baby?" I, actually, no, mate. Because uh, we, we had, we for an example. We were on holiday, we are going on holiday to uh, Lanzarote, mm. um, and there was this pissed up Polish bird on the plane, Yeah, and I had the little one, the youngest, Ronnie, and she was like, oh, he's so cute, can I hold him? Yeah. We're strapped in, we're strapped in, me being, yeah. you know, being a responsible parent, undone my belt, Yeah, and I passed him over like he was, uh, oh yeah, have some of my sandwich, Yeah, and she held him for like an hour. Yeah, actually, I should, I should state this. It's not just if it's a random man, because that's, that's sort of sexist in a way to men. It's the fact that if it's anyone who is just a randomer that you've never met before in your entire life, you look and you think, why? Like, it's, it's not... But you, yeah, but how, how's the outcome's the same, innit? You hand them over. Yeah, you do. You hand them over, <laughs> don't you? Out of politeness. <laughs> yeah, here you are, complete okay. stranger. Yeah, in your head you're thinking, no, you fucking weirdo. No, you can't hold my child. You don't even know her. But then, uh, <laughs> Can I see your CRB certificate before I pan hand my child it's, over? It's like asking to hold your cock. Like it's your it's your personal <laughs> thing. You don't ask some random person if you can hold something that's personal to you, and it's the same way. But I mean, actually, I'm... thinking about it, if there was a stranger, I wouldn't let let him hold my cock out of politeness. <laughs> Depending the weather, if it's it, hot, maybe. Depends what they look like. <laughs> Get Barry fifty seven. Can I have a cock, mate? Yeah. yeah, no worries. Go on then, Buzzer. <laughs> Get hold of it. Do you know what else grinds my gears? Go on then. Is this, is this a wasting mode? No, I'm not having that. I'm not. <laughs> we'll wait that to me. But you know, like, for example, like, the gifts I'm going back to. Gifts or gifts? Not, no, gifts that you get given to you. Yeah. So they come around, they bring, like, gifts for the wife who's had the baby, rightly so. Yeah. They bring nappies, they bring this, they bring little toys. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck is my present? <laughs> I, I start the whole thing. You've done that two minutes of hard work, man. They've got, oh, I've got this for mummy and baby. Yeah. Uh, what's, where's mine then? Yeah. Oh, 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 you've not got me nothing. Well, you, went, you can leave now and come back when you've got me something. Like, why, why are we just dismissed? All right. Well, I mean, we could say that. Or we could say, if you, if you break it down, say they give you a gift. 
what gift would you like to receive for, for having sex? <laughs> I'd like a certificate. A certificate. Well done on doing it that short speed and short time. <laughs> well 30 done, seconds, you... good done. Well done, you. <laughs> Best thing you've ever created in two minutes. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, if you've... And then if you break that down a little bit further, like, why does anyone deserve a gift? It's just... <laughs> think about it like they're going to bring you a box of aftershave or something <laughs> well, oh then... here have some links Africa yeah. can't put that on we'll have some more kids <laughs> do you, yeah but a pair of socks or something but then if you break it down to what the girls have what do the girls get given as gifts they get like baby clothes don't they and they get like a box of chocolates and flowers and all that like people don't see the hard work we put into it I think you know these pinnacles in life, weddings, uh, babies, all these stuff. Done it all. <laughs> you know, baby showers, weddings. I think they're just a cover. And let's, let's be honest, because a lot of people need to be honest about this. A lot of it's just covert ways of getting gifts. You think about a wedding. I know a lot of people talking about weddings where they spend, say they spend 17 grand on a wedding. A lot of them sit there and tot it up and think, have we, have we made a profit? You know when they go through the wedding gifts? You know where some times people go, I just want a little bit of money for the honeymoon. I think you've won at life if you can do a wedding and then after the wedding, you top up all your wedding gifts and you've made a profit. Because <laughs> some people can. So a wedding for you is like a business that you've got to break even not in your just, first wedding. Not just for me, mate. <laughs> I, I genuinely think it's for a lot of people. They won't admit it. A lot of people will go out happy if they've done a wedding and then they top up all their gifts in total, and I think, actually, I've made a bloody profit here. Yeah, this you is wanna, great. You want to talk about gifts, like, on the gift subject? I've got a gift from right. a wedding. Yeah. That was... I've got some pals that are a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. So the standard is, like, money in a card. Um, I've got, like, you know, we get, like, oh, like, little spa day tickets and go to do yourself, Mr. and Mrs. and all that. Yeah. One of my mates, Emily opened it. She's like, oh, this one's from uh, oh, one of your friends. Just a two-litre bottle of conditioner. Why? I don't know. And I texted him. I said, why have, you, why have you sent me that? And he went, you look like you need it, mate. And I was like, cheers, pal. And that was it. <laughs> but back to the baby gifts. Yeah. So, on the other side of it, giving gifts. What do you buy a woman who's just had a baby? You can't buy them, like, what do they need? A new vagina. <laughs> what do you buy them, though? Um... I don't know because I don't think it's always for the woman, is it? It's it's a lot of the time it's for the for the. Um... Yeah, they always bring, they always bring um, another thing like oh, when the guy puts a Facebook status up, they yeah, baby and mummy doing fine. No, man, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you got on with that? Well, that's what we're here for, isn't it, mate? To to ask guys from now on. Every lads. time I see a status of a woman, yeah, mum, or the husband putting up, or the the boyfriend, yeah. Um, Mummy and baby are doing fine. That's fantastic news. But how are you, mate? How are you and yourself? You know what? This is what we're here for, mate. So instead, while your partners, any lads that are listening, while your partners are getting these lovely bits, how's mummy doing? How's You're mummy and baby doing? There. I want you guys to comment on our podcast and I want you to say how you're doing. Yeah, I want to know how you feel in those exact moments when you're just being completely ignored Yeah, and taken for granted... That the work you've put in has gone unnoticed. Lads, get yourself on <laughs> iTunes, comment on our podcast. And Five star, us, by the way. <laughs> tell us exactly how you're doing, and we'll comment back, and we'll give you some support, lads. We're here for you. Yes. We are the voice. Yeah. 
and then we'll tell you exactly how we're doing. You won't, you, you won't have anticipated that, and you won't want any of it, because it'll go on for days. 2,000-word comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, listen to this. <laughs> so, mate, I think we should tell the listeners, you know, we've had a couple of episodes out there now. Yeah. We like a little... We've talked about this, I reckon, onto the next thing. How did, how did you and I, when we met as lad versus lad, <laughs> the good old days? Well, I'd come from Hull. I'd come from the north. I don't know if the, I don't know if the listeners could tell. This was my first foray into the south, and to be honest with you, I thought this is this is uh, this is my step into the big bad world. I, in my head, I thought I was going to London. I was going to the big city. Um, I thought everything down south was bigger, better. Streets were paved with gold. I ended up in Southampton. <laughs> but um, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> no, but shout out to Southampton. Yeah, it's actually a great what... place. It's where this podcast starts, mate. Yeah, and I, I, well, I'll tell you exactly how it started. To be honest, when I went remember? to school, do you actually remember? I remember. I went when I was at school. I wasn't a very good lad. I was a bit of a bit of a bad lad. I was getting into trouble a lot. I was doing silly things, and I didn't do very well at school. Uh, and they said, "Well, I walked out of my GCSEs. I, I did whatever." And then I, uh, one of my friends' mums. I said, oh, I quite fancy uni, actually. I had the brains on me, but I just oh, want... Oh, oh brain no, box! Yeah, you have all my mates. <laughs> you're the cleverest. No, but I... I, I, did, I, I not, Didn't I, you go to lectures for two weeks straight with your shoes on the wrong feet? <laughs> no, but I, I've, 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 I've not got the common sense, but I knew that I could do it if I wanted to do it, but I just didn't. And one of my mates' mums said, you know what, if you go to uni, I will eat my hat. And it got me pissed off. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong. I went and did adult GCSEs and I worked at it. I went to college. I did the college thing. And then it was like, oh, it's time to choose your uni. I thought, oh, you yes. picked Southampton the furthest away from home. No, I didn't pick Southampton. It's the no, only one I got you. accepted into. They picked you. That's the guy we want. <laughs> that's the one. We'll just take anything we can. So it was, yeah, and I got accepted into, into Southampton. Went down there. I went in uh, my I add, you turned down a week late. Shock. Because <laughs> you're late to fucking everything. And yeah, I turned up. And it was the best years of my life. But I turned up. I went into my halls. And I could not believe it, what people were telling me. They were, they were saying, right, what you do is, all this, where you're living now, free. So I said, okay. So it's free. So these halls were staying yeah. in, free. They were like, yeah, yeah, you, you, where you're living is free. Okay, there's going to be a lady that's going to come in and she's going to do your dishes for you whenever you want. I was like, really? Did so, we have a lady? Yeah, we had a lady who'd come into our halls and clean our dishes. I thought she was my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, right, okay. And what we're also going to do is give you thousands of pounds each term. To spend on books, <laughs> to, to do, spend on extra lectures. To do what you want. I thought, my God, I've hit the jackpot here. Yeah? So you were in my halls, weren't you? So yeah, basically, I remember uh, one of the girls came in and went, oh, um, the guy in the, 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 one of the rooms has been filmed. Like the, like one of the other lads has turned up. Have you met him yet? I'm going, there's another bloke. And I was like, it's my fucking stomping ground. <laughs> I'm the one getting my, I'm, I'm having my pot and do what I want. I'm not having someone telling me they're using a the kettle when I need it. <laughs> So I walked over and you went out and you went, ah, yeah. And I went, oh, I see how it is. 
I used to be up north. I know what you guys are like. Yeah, you from originally from Cumbria, weren't you? Well, no, I lived up there for a few years. I was yeah. born in London. Yeah. We've been around. We're, we're travellers, my family. Yeah. So we. So you came out. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, he seems like a nice guy. You had a bit of a Noel Gallagher, a little bit of a Liam Gallagher trend going on with your coat and you, you had your hair all down and all that. Yeah, when I had hair. Yeah, when you had hair, yeah. And uh, I remember going, do you know what? Let's see what this guy's about. I said, right, because I owned the flat. I owned the halls, obviously. Yeah, you was big by your I didn't, know. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bitch. He was bustling. I was like, right, let's go out then, Matt. Let's see what you're about. Come out, welcome into the family. You know, like it was, I'm a celebrity. We're all real tight now. Mm. I don't talk to any of them anymore. <laughs> and then we went out. And I could see within 30 seconds that I've got a lot of time for this bloke. Because as a northerner, you don't go in half measures, really, do you? I like to take things at full speed, yeah. It was, I don't know any of these guys, but they're going to know who the fuck I am by the end of this. So another John Arnawason story. For people who have listened to episode one and two, they know my dad... We need to get him on the podcast. He's a live wire. He's, he's, he's different, isn't he? He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got his own set of rules in life. But yeah, so we've touched on a couple of John Unaway stories. I've got another one to share with the, with the listeners and yourself, Matt. I don't think I've told you about this, about the bike. Please do, Ben. Have I told you about the bike? <laughs> no, you definitely haven't. Oh, my God. To, for, for, <laughs> let me, I'm going to start from where it all started. Yeah. So, I borrowed my dad's bike, right? And we, me and the boys... We used to do this thing on a bank holiday called Beers and Bikes. Right. We used to get on the bike and we used to like go around a few pubs. We used to do about 10 pubs. It was like pub golf, but like not local. Like you go all over. So you, you'd have like... Scunthorpe. We would bike to Scunthorpe <laughs> on our BMX. <laughs> yeah. But like we'd bike to like, the, like, you know, it'd be like a four, four five round, uh, mile round trip. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a bike because I'm a lad. So I'd be like, <laughs> Dad, can I borrow your bike? And he'd be like, and my dad, I don't know why my dad, he had like a, a giant bike, like a giant bike to make, which is like... And not, not a huge, penny penny five Yeah, he's not a BFG. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Dad, can I borrow your bike? He's like, yeah, yeah, mind you, he'd never ridden his bike, nothing like that. So I borrowed it, and uh, we'd had a skimful, and like, you know, people fall off, or like, you drop a bike and all that. And I damaged one of the bits, of the, I think I buckled the wheel. Yeah. Brought it home, and my dad loves to make a fuss. He was like, oh, you fucked my bike up. I was like, Dad, I'm sorry, mate. So like, now I'm going to have to buy another one now. I'm going to have to buy another one. Hang on. How did you buckle the wheel? I think I was just going down a hill really quick and I just didn't press the brake. And I came off. I ended up in a bush. Um, yeah. Followed on with about four or five other blokes because yeah. we we'd had a couple of tequilas. You'd done biking before, yeah? I, I, I think I had the stabilizers on. <laughs> but yeah, so we um, I got home and all that. And my dad's gone, what have you done to my fucking bike? And he got the arse. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I didn't like, you know, I'll get you another bike or I'll get a new wheel. No, 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 don't worry about that. And then he went to my mum. He's like, my mum, you know, she she's feisty and fiery. She came up and he's like, you ruined your dad's bike. Like, you, that's out of order. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional. And my dad went, the next day, he went, Do you Can know I just what? stop you? Sorry, sorry, Wes. You said your mum's fiery. I know your mum. And I know she is a fiery character. She says it how it is. She's a typical northerner. Mm. I don't imagine that's what she said to you. I imagine she so said you. Yeah, do you I want the real? The... So, as I recall, <laughs> I think you've ruined your dad's bike. Yeah. Do you think that's acceptable, you fucking arsehole? <laughs> right. Whilst I'm holding our, the, my youngest sister, <laughs> so like, put her down before you break her. You see you next Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, sorry, mum, sorry, sorry. So yeah, she um she gave she gave it to me, told me how it was. And my dad went, no, no. Do you know what, Joe? Do you know what? I'll get another bike. We're going to get another bike. Mm. 
No, it's fine. Like he's broke it. He wants to fix it. That can be his bike. He can pay to get himself a new bike. Like you know, teach me a lesson. Like right, you broke it. It's yours now. You know, like you go into a shop. You break, you buy. You break, you buy. And they're English, by the way. <laughs> so I'm thinking, all oh, right. And I thought, I'm not. I'm in for here. I'm in for the constant. Oh yeah, my, my bike's being delivered. My dad's like, I've ordered one. I've ordered one. He kept going on about, yeah, I've ordered a bike coming on Wednesday. Coming on Wednesday. And I was like, stop going on. Stop trying. I'm thinking he's trying to make me feel bad. Yeah. But there's a hidden motive behind this. He's not trying to make me feel bad. He's trying to cover his own steps. Okay. Right? So he's not ordering just a bike from Halfords. Shout out to Halfords. And uh, I used to go to college on a Wednesday and he'd come pick me up. And he'd pick me up on a Wednesday and he goes, I've got to rush home, I've got to rush home. The bike's being delivered. And I walked in and my mum loves to hold a grudge. So yeah, your dad's bike's being delivered. Like, try not to fucking break that one. We rocked up on the drive and there's this fucking massive massive truck like a big big like truck like half a lorry size he's ordered you a truck no 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 <laughs> delivering the bike and I'm going what bike's he got then like oh they must be doing like loads of loads around my dad's shot into the house got oh, oh my bike's here my bike's here open the garage door I'm going what's he doing then and uh he goes um mum was going out and she come she come past as we were going in and mum was like right I'm nipping off out don't break your dad's new bike She's looking at the lorry going, what the fucking hell's... They must have a load of bikes in there. So I walked in my room going, do you know, I don't want to hear all this shit. Like, oh, look at my new bike, because I had to buy one, because he'd, he'd slag me off front delivery. Oh, I've had to buy this because he, my son broke my bike. So I've got him in the room, and all I've heard, you know you hear a lorry reversing? Yeah. We've got a lorry in here. But yeah, so I'm looking out the window going, oh, let's have a little look at his bike. He's ordered... Not a push bike. He's ordered like a Harley Davidson. <laughs> Harley what? Harley Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Davidson. Uh, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Not a Harley Davidson. What are they called? A Triumph. Yeah. So it's sort of similar to Harley Davidson. <laughs> Harley Davidson. <laughs> and he's the guy pulling off the drive, and he's my dad's looking around, all cautious cat, like where did you like? Joe's gone out, and his wife's gone out at the time. And he's looked up me in the window, and I've got my hands up, go, what's this? And he goes, shh. <laughs> Like she'll never see it, and he's gone to the bloke. Quick, get it in the garage. He's brought the spot in the garage, and we're. I've come downstairs. Well, you got a fucking motorbike? He goes, yeah. You're not taking that on beers and bikes. Left it at that. My mum's come in, and uh, my dad didn't say anything about the bike. And I was like, I said, does mum know you're getting a motorbike? He's like, no, no, I'm gonna tell her in a minute. I was like, you've not told mum. You've not told her. He's like, no, no. I think she knows it was coming, but. So, like I said, my mum's fiery. I'll tell the PG version. She went, he, I said, oh, um, and my dad went, yeah, so... Mate, don't tell the PG version. All right, so tell all right, I won't is. tell the PG version. <laughs> so my mum went, has your bike been delivered? And he went, yeah, it's in the garage. She went, all right, don't let Ben have a go on it. He goes, no, I won't let him have a go on that one. Too strong, too powerful for him. And she sort of tired. She left the kitchen where we were to go into the, to get something out of the freezer and you know, like from doors, like you can hear, like she closed the door, so we had two doors going from the kitchen to the, the utility to the yeah. to the garage. All we've heard, me and my dad, <laughs> you're fucking joking me! <laughs> and my dad's going, oh, popping upstairs, and he's popped upstairs, and she's coming. He's got a fucking motorbike, <laughs> so he's gone and bought a fucking brand new Harley Davidson Triumph motorbike because I've buckled a. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Get on this mountain bike. Has he even got a motorbike license? No. He doesn't even ride it. No. But... He had, then he come down, took it on the gym, but my dad was never in the wrong. He was like, Joe, you know I've always wanted one. And then he'd come up, he's come downstairs yeah. with the bike helmet on. So he's had it in the cupboard. He knew he's, get, he's had a helmet ready to go. And he's thrown the helmet on the, like, like the dining room table. Join the Hells Angels. Just was like, yeah. And I was like, do you even know how to ride a bike? He goes, of course I know how to ride a bike. I had a scooter. I had a scooter when I was 16. Mind you, I think he was 50 at the time. Yeah. So my mum didn't talk to him for two weeks. Mm. And I was there like, oh, that's me out in the fucking doghouse, like mug- mugging me off. I've got a buckled wheel on the bike. Dad's got a triumph. Mum's not talking to him. Yeah. I was like, Dad, you're going to go out on your bike then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Get on his bike. And he's, you know, tiptoeing on the side. He's not, he's too small for it. He's pushing his bike down the road. He's stone cold Steve yeah. Austin. He's like, right, I'll see you in a bit then. <laughs> Stalls. But because we lived on a hill, it was just rolling down the hill. <laughs> Dad drove past one of the neighbours and went, it's quiet, isn't it, for an engine? Because he stalled it. And yeah. he's fine. Right. One of my other neighbours down the road, like um, a family friend, he said he saw my dad riding a bike uh, yeah. on the motorway. <laughs> he going, yeah, we pulled up next to him. Still getting the momentum from the he hill. He was in third gear, revving the shit out of it. <laughs> And he came in, he had like leaves all over his face, 
Like shit all up in wooden, like you know, like a mountain bike where we should have had. Yeah, that's what he was, we thought he was getting. He was covered in like shit from a rainy day, in, <laughs> a rainy day in Stoke. Yeah, and he's rocked in. I never saw him ride it again. And then I saw the guy Alan, who was like the family friend. He was like, "I saw your dad riding the bike on the motorway." Yeah, I was like, "Alan, that was meant to be a fucking giant, fucking sixteen gear mountain bike." <laughs> he's gone and bought that. So I didn't know your dad a license. Like, no, he doesn't. Uh, my my stepdad, he's always rode motorbikes. He's, he had the Ducati 916 with Old Spice colours. He was like, Cal Fogarty was his hero. He used to ride around on any bike Cal Fogarty had, everything else. So he took his bike licence. He'd done all that. And then my mum, because you know when you have these couples who just love each other to death and they just want to do whatever they're doing. So my stepdad said, oh, I'll... Uh, I'll get you on a bike. You you get a bike as well, and we we'll take the test together. So my mum did. I think you do like the fifty cc to begin yeah, with, and all that. that yeah. yeah, I had that when I had my little moped. Mate, oh, and, not, sorry, carry on. Yeah, and then um, the then she had to go up the levels until she got to the super bike. Apparently, I said, "Mum, how come you? I'm sure, sure you took your test. Your mum got a super bike. Nah. So she, I said, "I'm sure you took your test, didn't you? The one you're doing it with her." She said, yeah, um, I was, but then it, it went a bit wrong on the on the uh, the upper levels. So I said, oh, what was it? She said, oh, it didn't matter. It was just, it was nothing. It was just, an, uh, it, it didn't really work out. So I asked Arve. He said, <laughs> so she came clean straight away. Yeah, it was like she was a fucking nightmare. He got in there. She went on it. She she let a clutch out and wheeled the bike into the, uh, into there was like a shed bit. It went out. From her hands, she let go of the bike, and the bike apparently just went off somewhere, landed, ended up somewhere. And the uh, the instructor said, "No, I don't think this is for you." So the thing is, your mum, she's yeah. like nitro suck. She does all the tricks, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, that's she's it. not road driving without she... knowing she's yeah. doing them. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, they told her to go home on the first test and said, "It's not for you. You can't handle it." And that was it. So, my, so like, my dad when he got that bike, mm. rode it twice. Yeah. And I still think to this day, to prove me a point. And he's still got the helmet. In fact, I think I saw him a couple of days ago and he's still got the helmet right on the mantelpiece. Like, yeah, I'm going to get another bike one day. I'm going to get another bike one day. I've still got a bike in the garage with a fucking buckled wheel. I think that's the thing with men. I, I, I think we have this, this thing about us where we sit there and we think, I want to... You watch Sons of Anarchy or you watch all these programmes and you think, you know what, I could really do with one of these <laughs> big choppers. And in reality, some people are made for Mate, biking. This is how I see it. So like you said, Sons of Anarchy, cool. My dad's probably watched two fat, airy bikers. Yeah. And gone, oh. <laughs> oh, I'll get on the road and but I'll do a bit of cooking. It. He's gone, my mum like, so jumped in and was like, yeah, get a new bike there. Let him sort that. Let him, let him have that fucked up bike. Yeah. So he's gone on the internet and he's probably gone, Alfred's, a little pop-up to call him. gone, Fucking hell, yeah, I'll get a motorbike. Oh, yeah, best well, one I can get. Well, that's my dad in a nutshell. Like, impulsive. Mm. Bosh. And he's clicked on the link. Oh, get this motorbike delivered. He's not told anyone. If he'd have just turned around and gone, oh, I'm going to buy a motorbike. Yeah. But because he's tried to weather the storm by pulling me down with him, going like, oh, you fucked my bike, I need a new bike. Yeah. So he's got, like, he doesn't have a license, like I said, driving around the streets. I'm pretty sure he's come off a couple of times because I remember seeing him with like cuts in his face. Like, How have you done that? Well, oh, the dog took the dog out walking and he fell out of a tree. I was like, yeah, that, that adds up, John, doesn't it? That adds yeah. up. Why's your bike got a scratch to the side? Ah, oh, I don't know. Ugh. Are we all impulsive, though? I remember I watched. What's the most impulsive thing you've bought? Oh, yeah. I watched porn once and the next thing I went on the internet and bought a dildo gag, so uh, I don't know. 
that's, a that lie. that's a lie you've not watched it once <laughs> no I don't know what it is um, I think I've done all sorts of impulsive things you buy stuff when you're young like when I was younger I'll have a lamp blow up set it in the 90s it was uh, are you in the 90s? <laughs> Edge, no, I, I'm, a, I'm um, a millennial I always used to get things like the uh, the the lava lamps. What a waste of fucking money! Or remember whenever you used to get those blow up set eights? Mm. They were they were like neon colours. So you basically just take a lilo in your bedroom. Yeah, and you all you're doing is sitting on the lilo and going, "Oh, this is look how cool oh, look they how are." Comfy. Ain't comfy, is it though? Nah. Oh yeah, we make sleep over sleep on the go. and they're just moving around <laughs> every time you move. <laughs> now I'm not on about just one of them. Not one of them made out of PVC. That's a neon colour, see through. You get them from Gadget Shop. Do you remember Gadget Shop? No, we didn't have them downtown. Oh, well, yeah, you must have done gadget shop. It oh, was everywhere. Maybe, maybe, maybe the listeners could let us know. About I think that. it's Red Five now. I think it's called Red Five. If we have any listeners over the age of seventy, they might be able to let us know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. Yeah. But like I said, you know, John, I think we should get my old man on uh, maybe for a Christmas hour. special. Oh, well, we or for one lucky listener, let him take him around on his bike. <laughs> You'll end up in a ditch somewhere on the A3. We always like a little competition on this podcast, and I think one of our competitions, I think Christmas special. Meet and greet. <laughs> a meet and greet with John. No, around a, a pub crawl with John Anna Wilson. No one else would be able to ask that. No. He's just a Scottish jock. He can handle a few cans, I tell you. If anyone thinks they can handle John Anna Wilson on, on a pub crawl, Not just comment a pub below. Crawl, just, just on a night out. Yeah. You give it 20 minutes, you go, oh, fuck this. I've got to go <laughs> We start off. We start off. Start off nice and easy. We do ten pints of fucking iron brew, and then we're on the hard stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think with the John Arna thing, we should definitely get him on. Definitely, he has That's listened good. to a couple of episodes, and he has said to me uh, he finds it funny. But he has said to me, he said he chopped me out and put him in my position, so it'd just be you and him. And I'm worried about this. <laughs> yeah, but we don't need you this episode. One day, it might just be. The Matt and John Anna Wilson show. And I'm listening to it going, oh, I was fucking on that once. But I think another, like, I think we, t- we touched on it last week. Just, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, we, we, have a, we like to talk about the John Arna Wilson story, like a funny thing, and then we like to put a serious note. Because mm. the serious note comes from, actually, you know, the position that we are in now, and the transition from actually having all that freedom as a lad, so being a dad, and that, that suffocating feeling. Yeah. Which could lead to a lot of mental health issues. Yeah. which I for one and you for another have gone through and many people listening and many people around the world suffer with mm. like we're not just touching on issues like this for the sake of it it's very apparent in our lives and this platform that we share this podcast on and we go out to you guys and you guys listen this is all like a it's, a, it's like a, it's a way of therapy for us isn't it definitely can, can I bring something up on this podcast about absolutely the way I was feeling at that's the thing point. you can't be trapped no it's I think there'll be a lot of guys out there who maybe listen to this who have been in the same situation as me in terms of when it doesn't always work out between you and your partner. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of points where I was trying and it was it was not working. And sometimes you find that you've had a child together, but like every relationship, mm-hmm. whether you've had a child or not, it doesn't always work out. You find out that maybe you're not the right person for each other. And you, and for me, seeing from an outsider's point, you've gone right through that. Yeah. Not from like a bad person, like from you and your, your ex, you know, you're both 
all right, it's not worked. Yeah. But still, the mental onslaught of that still uh, takes its effect. And I've seen it in person with you. Yeah. But, you know, obviously speak from your experience. I mean, you know, a lot of people, be, if you have a kid with someone. Yeah. And you think, this is my family, you've got to stay with them and that's it. But then you can do yourself some serious mental, mental, you know, Ham, if you of course you can. You got this is the thing. I think there's there's a stigma behind it in terms of if you've had a child, if you break up as a couple without a child, people look at it and go, oh, it didn't work out. And when you're together and you've had a child, there's that extra pressure to stay together, which is right because you should. I think you should always put that extra effort in, especially if you've a child. But at the same time, you can beat yourself up about it. And you can sit there and there can be that added extra pressure that you've got a child together and you sit there and you look and you, if you were if you were together without the child, you would sit and you'd go, well, this hasn't worked out. But when there's the child there, you make that extra effort. And then because if, also taking into consideration the things that come with having a child, like you said last episode of people, you know, you're tired. You don't you're arguing because you're tired. You're arguing yeah. because you're you've you know, your hobbies and your you know, your free time's gone. And and not just that, I used to think that. I used to sit there and I'd think, you know what? Oh, it's all because of these added pressures. It's all because of this. We can just work through this and we can get through that. And actually, I realised that maybe it's just not, we're just not the right people. And unfortunately, we've found this out at a not, time when we've had you, a child. But do you not think, though, like, the fact that you and your part, your ex at the time got together and you guys have autumn, mm. then when you realise, like, ah. Oh, maybe we're not right and you obviously both sort of agree on that yeah then you, you you and you know it should just all be about your daughter yeah and i think and that's what i think you guys are going to start to come into yeah i think what what the main issues and i think it's probably a big issue for a lot of guys is there's a, there's a two-pronged guilt and there's there's one is that you sat there yourself and thinking shit am i this person who's going to look back at my daughter or my child is going to look back and think you walked out, you did, you know, uh, whatever. And then and people then, would see that from the outsiders and blame you for everything. Also, yeah, it gets a lot of the pressure goes on the, the guy because it's almost as if the guy's walked out. Because the, the, the child stays with the mum, all the pressure is on the lad of you've walked out. But that's not actually the case. And you need to get it into your head and you need to start to compartmentalise things and look and Mate, think... that's the longest word you've ever said. I know. And you have to look at it and think, actually... What's better? We sit there and we we try and try and try, and our child grows up in an environment. Well, not just you try, like both of you try. Yeah, and it like and it's toxic, isn't it? It, uh, it turns yeah. to toxic, and your daughter's going to be. You've got two choices. Well, not just your daughter. Like you know, my my kids. You know, we've been in that position. You've got two choices, and the two choices are: you try and stay together because of social pressures of two people staying together because they've got children, and your child grows up in an environment where both of them are angry and cross and, and they grow up in this toxic environment or you break up and every time your child sees you, they see you with a smile on the face, there's no stress, there's no anything else. And yeah, you sit at home and you think, oh, I wish we had those Christmases where we're all together and we can put... But as the time is going on, I'm sat there and I'm thinking, actually, it's bloody great because she can have two Christmases exactly. with with me doing it and, and her mum doing it. Exactly. And, I and think, you know as well, like, Orm's mum, she's sound. She's a great mum. She is a great mum. And it's like with Caleb, my stepson. Yeah. Like, how I, like, from, you know, I 
came into his life when he was five years old. He's, yeah. he's 11 now. Yeah. 11 going on 22. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we've had a... Emily, I, sorry, my wife at the time, uh, my wife wanted to have him at Christmas. There was all that little argument, like, you know, but she puts all the effort in with Caleb. Mm. So, like, that side, different from you and your ex, Yes. Yeah. he would want him at Christmas, want yeah. him at Christmas, and Emily got him, and she would do all the work Yeah. throughout the whole year, and then... Like he'd he want Caleb at Christmas. Yeah. But the twist in it is he just has two good Christmases. Yeah. And I'll, we've had it where we've been here and uh, Caleb hasn't been here. And we get up in the morning and we're just waiting. Like, you want to have Christmas where you want someone to be happy. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy at Christmas. Of course you are. But I'm happy for a different reason. I'm happy because I'm getting seven portions of turkey over the next two days. Yeah. And I, I think... But for... imagine for you going to pick up your daughter... And she's had a Chris, she's had a good time, and she's happy. She's got all these presents, and then more to come. It's just going to make you happy, isn't it? And yeah, and I think talking from a, a like you say, a mental point, mental health point of view, is for me that the breakup and the 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 family breakup for me has been one of the hardest things that I've had to go through. But it doesn't have to be coming through the other side of it. It actually doesn't have to be. And my advice to anyone out there who is in the same situation would be is that there's, as long as you're being a good dad, as long as you're being there for your child, whether the mum lets you, whether you can't, whether there's all the other drama going along with it, as long as you're being a good dad and you look after yourself and you look after your child, and if you can, you work with the mum. Exactly. Then... There's no issue with it. There's no. But it's guilt. mad to think of like how far like you've come. It's like they're like all you want to do is be the best dad you can be. Yeah. Before you had your daughters and like before I had my sons, all you gave a shit about was, oh, I need to go out Saturday, make sure I look all right, make sure. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean anything now. No. I see people go. Imagine this, right? Going out. Do you remember we used to go out at what? Right, pre-drinks, nine o'clock. In the evening. Yeah. After I've watched Strictly and I'm a celebrity, I'm out cold. <laughs> yeah. Can't, you know, and we used to drink ourselves like George Best would have been proud. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember these? Though? Yeah. And they'd be like, right, 11 o'clock, straight down the club. 11 o'clock? I've been up at 11 o'clock for about two years. I remember in uni days when we got, uh, I think it was me, you and Beach, and we got an... Um, ben King, by the way. Ben King. We got a, a fishbowl. We decided to do a fishbowl and we'd put in... What would we put in? We'd put in a bottle of vodka in it, and then instead of watering it down with fruit juice, nice we, watered it, we watered it down with a WKD Blue or something like that, and I just thought, that's no, just pure WKD alcohol. WKD Blue, what uh, a drink. I know. I wish it was a man like coming a pint glass, because you go in the pub and have a wicked blue. Yeah, I mean, I'm not being like, oh, you're rad, but if there was, you look back on what you were drinking, and you just think, I, I don't know if I could... I say I don't know if I can act that, but me and you, back in the day when you used to drink... It, like, we know if I'm we'd give it a go. We'd still give it a go. <laughs> the and only then, difference is we'd have a terrible hangover. <laughs> How bad are hangovers now? Yeah. You think like your ex being hangovers with children as well. It's oh. like they're just the most needy people in the world, isn't it? This is my theory. People turn around and they say, oh, I couldn't do it now, I couldn't do it now. You could do it now. But you Positive know. mental attitude. But you, yeah. <laughs> Don't put yourself down. You're, you're scared of the morning. Because the, the hangover, combined with children, 
Nah. But with, but with hangovers, it's like a way of God. You never wake up with a hangover at half 10, 11 o'clock, go, oh, I've got a bank. You're, you're up, aren't you? Mm. Seven o'clock in the morning, eyes wide. And you're like, right, today I've got to struggle all day. Yeah. And, you know, when you're younger and you've got no kids, you're like, right, get on the sofa, only fools and horses. <laughs> you know, seven McDonald's in the day, 19 milkshakes. But then when you've got a child yeah. and you're up seven o'clock in the morning, you're like, right, I've got to get someone else dressed. I've got to, I've got to dispose of a couple of pooey nappy, a pooey nappy in the morning when yeah. you're hungover. So you change in a nappy, then you've got a bathroom because you've thrown up on the kid. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? I've been going. Oh, well, well, you've just been sick on your child's head. Straight on the child. <laughs> Never. No, I mean either. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Good. Like the the difference, and you know, like the lad times, like it were it, like the funniest days of my life. And like you said, like positive. Like, I, I generally think I, if I went out now, mm. like, I haven't been in a nightclub in a long time. I have. Granted, because I'm banned from everything. No, you know what? I have. And this is another thing. You know, since I've been sort of single, things have changed. I've gone out and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just go for a beer. And the next thing, the other, the other that's, month. That's the lad in you, though, isn't it? I know. You the, never go out just for, Like, me and, my, me and my wife were talking uh, yesterday. She went, you used to go and play football. Yeah. Like, you know, and I used to go, yeah, the team I used to play for were quite, you know, quite a big team. They weren't there, a pub team. They in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, um, we, I used to leave the house, three o'clock kickoff. I used to leave the house at half nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. We'd go breakfast, we'd go bookies, and then it'd be like, sometimes we'd have a pint before the game. It's yeah. like mental, isn't it? And then it'd be like, after the game, food's at the game, and then she'd be waiting over X Factor, and I'd turn up at like 10 o'clock at night. I'd been out like 12 hours. Nightclubs nowadays are much different, mate. They're so different. They're, they're... I went in one, and just recently, and it's completely different to when we were going out in nightclubs. Because this generation, without me sounding really old and, and boring, they're different to us. Because, they, one, they all want to look fit for Instagram. So none of them drink that much. Exactly. They all eat the best that they can, they, they can eat. They all go out and they just drink maybe spirits or something like that. And then when they're out there, they spend a massive amount of their time taking photos yeah, of themselves yeah, for Instagram. I used to go to a nightclub in like the local town I used to live. It was only open for a year or so to, when I was 18. I've had a pot noodle on the dance floor and I've had a noodle all down. <laughs> you don't get What that. on earth would you do with a pot noodle mate, on you the say dance that. floor? I had one pot noodle. I've come out looking for old BJ going, where are you, mate? And he's at the pot noodle stand with two pot noodles. Covered. He's got a noodle in his pocket. He's got a noodle. Where the fuck does a pot noodle stand? Yeah. In, uh, what? You know like the, the cloakroom? Yeah. You used, you used to go and get your coat. Yeah. And they go, do you want a pot noodle? And you pay an extra quid for a pot noodle. I thought you meant, you know, you have these kebab vans. I thought there was just somebody who'd thought, you know, I'll, I'll nip down to Iceland, get a pack of <laughs> Mate, uh, pot noodles. The amount of times you'd end your night with a pot noodle and a little plastic fork on the dance floor, <laughs> chatting to someone, going, yeah, I've had a great, you got a bit of, oh, do you want my mango sauce? And you've... <laughs> mate, I thought it was grim up north. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's wow. Grim up there, mate. <sighs> well, mate. Mate, like I said, uh, I think what I want to let everyone know is on episode four, I've got one of my favourite John Arnoasa stories that till this day, I still don't understand how he's done it. I don't, you know, like Paul Daniels, Dynamo. <laughs> it's Debbie McGee. <laughs> it's, it's John Arnoasa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he's done it. And I'm going to tell you, I was going to save this for like maybe later on, you know, maybe like an end of a series one, but... 
I'm hyped for it, so I'm going to tell you. Because I feel like the viewers and the listeners should listen and somehow see if they've got any comment to what the fuck he's done here, because I don't know how he's done it. Are you talking about an illusion? Has he done an illusion? Like David Copperfield? There's not a word for it. Right, okay. But I can't, and I haven't told you this before. Yeah. And I I can't wait for you to listen to it. I'm excited for that, man. So, episode four, which will be coming out shortly. Uh, So, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And please, please, listen to episode four. And please give me some feedback on what you think of the John Arnaway story. Because the more feedback we get on that, the more chance of hearing from the legend himself. Uh, Please stay tuned. Please like and share. Please get on your iTunes. We're on iTunes now, Matt, aren't we? We're on iTunes. We're on Alexa. We're on Spotify. So we're on Castbox or on anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Alexa, play from lads to dads. No, <laughs> yeah, she's broken. She's broken. Yeah. But so, yeah. So stay tuned for episode four. We've got some more stories, some more laughs, some more, some more real hard hitting conversations. Some real hard hitting journalism. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast. Join us, and we'll see you on episode four. 